And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. I am your very get, not quite sick yet, but getting there host Joel. <laughs> As you can tell, I've been blowing my nose like crazy. I've been trying to keep hydrated. Yeah, you got the venom flu. I got the venom flu. Here's the thing. <laughs> I didn't think we'd be doing a spoiler cast on this. That's that's for the end of the show, Matt. We got lots of other ground to cover before we get to venom. But yes, on my day off. When I knew I was getting sick, I packed into a theater to see Venom because Matt saw it and because he saw it, I had to see it too. And we had to talk about it. And, and, and I didn't even really want it to do this. I just wanted to go to bed. So never say Joel never does anything for you. Uh, you could have said, you could have just said you'd seen it and then just like try to, you, you could probably have picked up the plot just from like the trailers. <laughs> it was basically all in there but yeah. again we'll get into that and i've only ever done that one time matt pretended i saw a movie and faked my way through it it was back when we worked at name redacted i only did it one time really what movie was it oh god i forget what it was some shitty one that i faked my way through <laughs> it might have been like fantastic four because i didn't want to oh, go yeah. see it but, but then i saw it again later after the fact but yeah still <laughs> Uh, but yes, believe it or not, everyone, we actually do have some news. I figured I'd structure the show a little differently this week. We will have the Venom spoiler cast, as promised, on the thumbnail for this, but I thought it might also be fun if we went through and kind of kind of did a catch-up on superhero TV right now, because a lot of the new shows have either come back or are coming back. Yeah, they, they all started, they started last week with The Flash, and I just, just before we started this, finished the new episode of Supergirl. Right on, so you can talk about that. And yes, we will talk about Titans also. Mm, yeah. Which, it's funny, when I heard Titans was coming out, I assumed they were going to do the Netflix model, and that is, okay, they're going to dump the whole show at once, and I got to sit and I got to watch the whole thing. No, they're doing it episodically. Yeah, one episode a week. Which is the one nice thing I can actually say about Titans, where I'm like, oh, good, because if I had to binge watch this and get it done by the 19th to watch Daredevil, I would be so fucking angry. Oh, yeah, no, that would have been pretty bad <laughs> but we'll get to that when we get to it uh, our first piece of news is actually a good piece of news and kind of a no duh piece of news as well i'm shocked they didn't announce this earlier but ryan coogler officially announced to write and direct black panther 2 well thanks yeah cool i it was to be expected when the movie like made a gazillion dollars so yeah mm -hmm. i mean as we said in our black panther commentary which you should check out ryan coogler thought of everything he did. He even thought about coming back. <laughs> he even thought about coming back. And back he will come to continue the saga of T'Challa the Black Panther. I can only assume for the sequel we'll get to see some interesting fallout. Like, okay, what happened to the kingdom after Black Panther decided he was going to meet the rest of the world and after the rest of the world literally crashed into Wakanda and screwed him up with alien fights? Yeah, it's definitely going to leave the uh, the film in a really interesting place. And, of course, it, it, it depends mm -hmm. as well at the end of Avengers for like, what happens at the end of that. But, yeah, uh, very exciting. Uh, I'm excited to get another look into that world. I wonder who the villain would be. Yeah, because it's like, okay, you did Killmonger and you did Claw. Those are literally the only two people that people know for Black Panther villains. And then you made the Man-Ape a good guy. Yeah, I kind of wish they didn't kill off Claw so they could use him as a villain in this one. Like, he comes back for his, like, proper revenge against T'Challa. 
They could always rebuild him, or they could always be like, oh, that was Ulysses S. Claw, but Claw, the villain who's kind of a robot made of pure sound, that's another guy. That could be pretty cool. That's an option they could do. Hell, we have so many more Fantastic Four characters now that that's all part of the deal, so no yeah. telling who they could use. Yeah, definitely. Black Panther versus Pastepot Pete, the battle we've all been waiting for. <laughs> it's been culminating to this 25 movies on. <laughs> 25 movies on. It's the battle you didn't know you wanted. <laughs> they would never do it, but I really hope at some point we get to see the Wakanda, Latveria, Doom War storyline told at some point. That'd be really cool. Or, or like um, if they ever get Namor back, like Namor flooding mm. Wakanda or something. Namor would actually be an excellent villain, I think, for Black Panther before he even shows up in a Fantastic Four thing. It's like, no, 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 we can have Namor, right? We can build him up here, and then he does his stuff with Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Especially with what's going on right now in the Avengers comics, I think that would be great. They really brought back Namor as more of a villain. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I didn't particularly think he was a villain in that. Um, but yeah, I could mm. see him yeah, definitely trans. Yeah, I can definitely see him transition over to. Okay, no, he's definitely going full villain. <laughs> he's an anti-hero, and it would work too because it would be a battle of kings versus kings, and mm -hmm. it would also be a good thing for Black Panther to be like, "Ooh, you're everything I could become if I let myself become too tyrannical, if I let myself become too much of a dick." Yeah, yeah, I, definitely really cool places they can go with this sequel. Mm, I, I definitely uh, definitely think there's lots of interesting places to go with that. And a lot of, uh, I think a lot of pressure too for Coogler because, you know, Black mm. Panther 1 broke all the expectations and broke a ton of box office records. So, like, what, what are you going to do for your encore? Yeah, definitely very interesting. I hope they make, like, they don't, and I think, like, Marvel's track record kind of proves they don't go mm. over the top with the sequel and it's a bit more personal. No. Yeah, which, I mean, the first Black Panther was very personal, yeah. so I wonder, how do you make that more personal? I think it also helps, too, that a lot of, like, the normal sequel pressure is kind of off because you are in a shared universe where it's like, no, it's not like you waited all this time to see Black Panther again. He was in Infinity War. He's going to be in Avengers 4. Yeah, yeah, he's been around. Mm. He's going to be places, so, you know, there's definitely places they could go with it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, another story that came out this week, and this one was fucking unexpected. Oh, no, sorry. I was, I was actually going to try and see how far I could go in this episode without swearing. I don't know if you heard this, Matt, but, uh, apparently YouTube is going to start, uh, pushing you down the search order if you swear. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, advertisers hate swearing. That's why shows like South Park managed to last as long on TV <laughs> as they did, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the nanny state of YouTube, everyone. Oh, you can't have naughty words now. It used to just be, you can't have naughty words in your titles and your tags. Well, now we just don't want you to have naughty words at all. <laughs> but but what if PewDiePie says the N-word again? Oh, well, that's fine, though. Yeah, that, that's okay. He makes us money. He makes us millions of dollars. He can do it, everyone. He could punch our daughters if he wanted. <laughs> in fact, hey, PewDiePie, how about you get in there? Punch some of our children. <laughs> Uh, again, YouTube, it feels like you're punishing everyone for the actions of just a few. Why don't you just punish the few? Yeah, yeah. Mm. But yes, as I was trying to say, a uh, very unexpected piece of news this week. James Gunn officially going to be writing Suicide Squad 2, and the rumor is they very much want him to direct it as well. Yeah, they got the guy who, in the first movie, they tried to rip off to direct the second mm. film. 
which apparently yeah, won't even be a follow-up it'll be like a reboot <laughs> it's gonna be a reboot because of course it is because everything at dc is a soft reboot yeah. now and suicide squad actually lends itself quite well to a soft reboot because you can keep waller and just have her be like yeah this is a brand new team yeah keep interchanging the teams that's what the comics do. That's yeah. why Suicide Squad never gets old as a concept, because as soon as, you know, you get bored of it, okay, new members now. Yeah, yeah. And you could even have, like, some winking and nudging. You could have Amanda Waller being like, yeah, we're not going to be a bunch of screw-ups like that last team. No magic. <laughs> no, no. This is Amanda no Waller. Has she learned her lesson, though? <laughs> no, Waller never learns her lesson. So we'll double down with more magic. <laughs> Yeah, more magic than ever. Also, Diablo's back alive again. Why not? Yeah, yeah, he was like the only good character in that film. Why not? <laughs> he he had the best arc. Why not bring him back? But yeah, to think Suicide Squad 1 ruined itself in constant re-editings and in so much attempting to try and be Guardians of the Galaxy. So now they just got the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> they just hire, hire the guy that, that the movie they try to rip off. <laughs> sure. To which, you know what, good on James Gunn, I'm glad he bounced back, and you know what, in the back of my head, and we're going to talk about this a little later because this relates to another story, I'm kind of glad to see Disney, Marvel kind of have a little egg on their face on this one, you know what, your loss is your opponent's game, you deserve this, and I hope Suicide Squad 2 is awesome despite you. Yeah, yeah, they, they completely deserve it for the way they acted and just knee-jerked reaction fired him. Yep. I hope I hope Suicide Squad Two is awesome. I hope whatever the producer, whatever the higher up was, who contributed to the firing, I hope they feel really dumb. And I hope James Gunn is free to do whatever he wants on this project. And it feels like he is. That that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping they don't like. They say that they're gonna give him a lot, but then they get cold feet. You know, halfway through production, be like, no, we're gonna get a trailer house to edit the movie. Which is a very DC Warner Brothers thing to do to get cold feet halfway into yeah. a project. Again, poor David Ayer. Apparently, he had a more complete movie in Suicide Squad One, but they're like, "No, we got to recut the whole thing." Apparently, yeah. Like, there's like a whole chunk of that movie on the cutting room floor we're never gonna see. Yeah. Another little sub story on top of this is that when this news broke. Uh, Dave Bautista, who has been very vocal in his support of James Gunn and in how lame he was treated by Disney and Marvel Studios, he's like, hey, can I audition for this one? Where it's like, ooh, ooh, man, you know, they're supporting your friend, Big Dave, and then there's, I think you actually want to get fired. <laughs> well, I don't think there's anything in his contract that says he could no. do, go work for DC, so nothing's no. stopping him, you know? No, no, uh, there's unless, nothing Unless Mar Marvel and uh, Disney have another knee-jerk reaction, oh, no, 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 fire them fire the whole cast yeah fire the whole cast or starting now we have no compete clause 60 you know 60 days because of uh dave batista no competes yeah no one can work for them <laughs> that would that would be the ultimate dick move if they yeah. did that yeah yeah no it, it'd be really interesting to see like if that does actually come through and like he does get a role like i'd love to <laughs> see him as like bane yeah, a lot of people are pitching him for Bane because obviously, you know, he's not 100% a white dude. And also, same with Bane, not 100% a white dude. I think they should go less white dude for the casting because that's his thing. He's from Santa Prisca from Crying Out Loud. Yeah, or or better yet, cast him as like like someone completely out of left field. Like, yeah. Like someone you wouldn't like 
quilt man or, or calendar yeah. man or something like he's still big and jack dave batista but he's playing like a ridiculous d-list villain like a ooh egghead from the adam west batman <laughs> show dave batista is egghead just a villain obsessed with eggs <laughs> and that's okay he can die halfway into the movie because that's yeah, what he suicide's... can be this movie slipknot <laughs> yeah exactly he can just show up look cool for a minute be in all the posters and then die you gotta bring slipknot back though he's gotta lead the team <laughs> He's got to lead the team with his ability of ropes and climbing. There will there will be much more climbing in this mission than the first mission. Uh, again, too, it's like, well, does this mean that like Harley Quinn isn't going to be involved in this and the Joker? And apparently, the word around the campfire was is that Suicide Squad two basically morphed into what is going to be the Birds of Prey movie that they're doing. Yeah, apparently the 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 guy who wrote the script before James Gunn mm-hmm. came in, yeah, the script was very similar to the birds of prey movie so that's hence why they scrapped it and let james write his own actually i heard the writer was a little upset because apparently margot robbie got attached to the project and then she basically just took that with her and toured it as the birds of prey thing he's like but that was my idea (laughs) oh that's not good (laughs) yeah but you're not pretty writer so (laughs) shut up you know i hope they don't bring back like like harley joker or deadshot like i hope it's just a complete like like no name team same or something you, you know waller has to work with what she's got and she hasn't got those people anymore so there's been a million incarnations of the team you could literally pick and choose anyone uh i want scalp hunter and i want bronze tiger Ooh, yeah. and i want uh cheshire and i want uh virtuoso that's yeah. that's the lady who plays the violin <laughs> yeah i'd put like copperhead on the team and yeah, basically the entire, like, Gail Simone run when they were fighting the Secret <laughs> Six. The, the other team, Count Vertigo, put yeah. him on there. Yeah. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of good potential for that team. You could you could go all sorts of places with it. Yeah, now the question is, like, is Jai Courtney going to get work? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, I mean, he, he needs it. <laughs> <laughs> the standout role in that film. <laughs> Jai Courtney, the Taylor Kitsch of Australia. Yeah. <laughs> What is Jai Courtney doing these days anyway? I don't know. Probably, you know, something that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> What's he doing? Drinking mostly, sleeping till noon. <laughs> He's just waiting for that role. <laughs> just the the, 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 the the Captain Boomerang solo movie. It's coming soon, right? Any day now. <laughs> I'm the villain in the Flash movie this week, I think. I don't know right? if I will be next week. <laughs> yeah, that could change on a dime. Do you think he's going to direct James Gunn? And do you think the reason he's not directing now is that he's holding out for more money or more creative control or something? Maybe trying to play hardball and negotiate. May or maybe like maybe there's something like maybe he wants to be like, okay, I I won't direct, but like maybe you can let me be like sort of like an architect for this universe and give it some type of direction and personality i like yeah. that make me make me the creative czar give me the job that you seem to have thrust on snyder for no good reason yeah <laughs> i mean look i clearly know about making interconnected universes i clearly know about making this stuff work mm-hmm. <laughs> also i might be very motivated to stick it to my former employer so <laughs> basically i'm my own suicide squad is what i am <laughs> oh man what if that was the movie that if it was really meta where it's like and the calculator a genius who everyone loved was sent to jail 
framed for a crime he did not commit. Now he helps lead Amanda Waller's Suicide Squad team. <laughs> Jesus. What if it's just horribly meta and they have to fight an evil corporation <laughs> with a cute mouse mascot? <laughs> no, I think that's more petty than James Gunn actually is in real life. But I, if that was me, that's what I would do. <laughs> and that's why Joel doesn't get these jobs. <laughs> just be pettying it all day and pettying it all night. <laughs> And hey, you know what? Uh, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, this actually makes a really excellent uh, segue to our next story. Uh, ever since New York Comic Con, they've been building up and hyping up uh, Donny Cates' new Guardians of the Galaxy run that will be starting uh, fairly soon. And it's going to be a brand new team with only a couple of people sticking around from the old one. And uh, we got the final lineup fully announced this week and it is a stacked and powerful cosmic team. <laughs> this is, this is going to be like what a... A, one of the most powerful Marvel teams, but B, one of the most powerful Guardians of the Galaxy teams. It's it's the Annihilators. It's literally oh, yeah. the Annihilators is what it is. It's the only two members who are sticking around are Groot and Star-Lord, mm -hmm. which again makes me wonder, ooh, is Gamora going to make it out of the end of Infinity Wars? Mm -hmm. uh, are they going to kill her off? Are they going to kill Drax off? Uh, why isn't Rocket Raccoon there anymore? You know, he's like one of the most uh, marketable members of the team. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Who else we got? We got Darkhawk. Darkhawk there, who they've been trying really hard to launch Darkhawk, haven't they? Mm hmm He got like a really cool Infinity Countdown series, which has spun off into the Sleepwalker Infinity Wars series and all this. Which really I did cool not stuff. read, but I feel like I might have to start now. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Silver Surfer, who is back again to being the uh, Herald of Galactus. Yep. Beta Ray Bill, who's been in the who was, Death and Inhumans book. Mm -hmm, who was also on the Annihilator, so it's cool mm -hmm. to see him and Silver Surfer back. Gladiator. Yeah. Again, another uh, Annihilator's connection there. Yeah, Adam Warlock. Adam friggin' Warlock. Again, too, you want to talk about power. That's a powerful team. <laughs> And that's even before you mention you got, like, Moondragon there, who I've been saying forever we need more Moondragon. I love Moondragon. And it kind of makes sense where it's like, oh, if Drax is gone or dead or whatever might happen, it's cool that his daughter takes up the mantle in the team. We got Moondragon and Phylavel, who I believe yeah. are the two from that other universe that, mm -hmm. that, that had that the 616 universe's reality stone in it because they came, right. they came to this the 616 universe in the most recent infinity wars book so they probably st ah. sticking around see i didn't read that yet but i feel like i should because they were all cool and punk rock and they had tattoos and big swords and everything yeah we got cosmic ghost rider because of course because donny cates loves <laughs> cosmic ghost Rider. i'm like okay don danny donny you made me you made me read that awesome thanos story which i kept meaning to do a video on but i never did where it's like he created cosmic ghost rider and king thanos of mm -hmm. the future I'm like, well, you know, I won't have to read this Cosmic Ghost Rider miniseries. I don't think it's going anywhere. I guess I got to read it now. It's so good. It is so good. All right. You, you win again, Kate. Future Thanos that's raised by Cosmic Ghost Rider is the Punisher. I saw that. I'm like, okay, okay. It seems like you're just writing stuff from my dream journal at this point. <laughs> uh, it's so good. I, I feel the editors being like, Kate, you did it again. <laughs> And yeah, we talked about this being maybe one of the most powerful teams in Marvel. I guess they have to because the Avengers is so stacked right now with their most powerful yeah. members. Yeah, yeah, they they've got a really good team as well. All the good, all the teams are like getting like 
their most powerful like incarnations recently. It's true. Yeah, what's not to love about it? So yeah, definitely expect more talk of this uh, Guardian series because I mean, basically everything Cates has touched in the last little bit has worked. I mean, yeah. uh, pff, hell, he made me care about Venom. Yeah, yeah. If he can make Joel care about Venom, he can make anyone <laughs> care about anything. <laughs> He's just that good. But, uh, hey, you know what people didn't care about, Matt? And that's going to lead us to our next story. What's that? Uh, Iron Fist, because Iron Fist is the first Marvel Netflix show officially canceled. Oh, what a, what a shame. This God this is dang. my shocked face. <laughs> this is the face I make when I'm shocked. I wish I'm more shocked, but I'm really not. Nah, I'm not either. It could just I'm never sure work out what to do with him. No, they didn't. They had two shots at it. They had, like, multiple episodes to try and make it work. And now that you're heading into season three, it becomes unviable because it's like, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me to watch Iron Fist season three and keep up with everything that's going on. I have to watch one season that's really crappy, one season that's, like, mediocre at best but pretty boring to hopefully get to something good. Well, not only that, they didn't know, they had no idea what to do with Danny Rand, so they turned him into awesome Randall <laughs> at the end, yep, and, and they, gave his power to Colleen Wing. <laughs> which leads me to believe, or led me to believe, I'm like, oh, okay, no, 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 see, 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 they're getting tricky about it. They're cancelling Iron Fist, but they're greenlighting Daughters of the Dragon, starring Danny is what they're gonna do. They're gonna trick people into <laughs> thinking it's a new show when it's not, yeah. but... Right before we started, I read an article. Apparently, Netflix isn't developing any new Marvel shows anymore. Yeah, kind of makes sense, especially since... Like, why would they do that when Disney have their own... Like, why would they make stuff for the competition? They they got their own app now, which makes me really worried about the future of these Netflix shows. Like, I, don't be shocked if it's like, hey, Daredevil Season 3 is the last one. We started with Daredevil and we ended with Daredevil. Wasn't that nice, everyone? Yeah, we still have Daredevil, Punisher Season 2, and Jessica Jones Season 3. Yeah. So there's no Luke Cage uh, announcement that's been made, so that's probably nope. not going to get a Season 3. Which is unfortunate, because they ended that in a really awesome place. Yeah. No new Defenders either, to the point where Charlie Cox is like, I would like to see them make another Defenders. I was like, I bet you would. Yeah. Apparently no one else wanted to see another <laughs> Defenders, which is a shame. They they said, oh, no, just because he's gone doesn't mean Finn Jones couldn't show up in other shows. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, which is sad to say. I mean, I really hope before it's all said and done, but we probably won't see it. I want the full Power Man and Iron Fist, but now I think they've written themselves into a corner where we're not going to get it. Yeah, no, I, I have a feeling we're not going to get that. Mm, sad, sad, sad. Also, you know, I, I would like to throw all the blame at Scott Buck for this one, but even, even he would be like, but I only did season one. <laughs> yeah, but well, you could kind of could because, like, he's the one who set it up to, for it to basically fail, like, he shot it in the foot yeah. when the race was just starting. Yeah, same with in uh, Inhumans. Yep. It's all his fault. Friggin' Scott Buck. <laughs> where, where is he now? <laughs> Still working on stuff, I'm sure, because it's Hollywood and you only fail upwards in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, shame for Iron Fist. I, I, I have hope that maybe one day we can get a mulligan on this series. Maybe one day they can do it right yeah, well, people have been saying, oh, it's possible that, like, it could be, like, revived on the app. 
Mm. on the disney streaming app as in some way and like yeah that could could be cool but you'd probably have to do it like just reboot it basically yeah it's like you gotta start over and hey if you start over here's the thing uh steal the lost formula is what you do have danny fighting street crime in new york and then every episode flashback to something from kunlun and see how it relates i don't know that slam dunk was right there for two seasons worth of writers and no one did anything with it yeah yeah that should have been so obvious. Yeah. <clears throat> Bothers me that they never did anything with it. No. So, yeah, we, Iron Fist, we hardly knew you. We will pour this 40 out on the curb for you. <laughs> but maybe not all the 40. Maybe we'll keep some of the 40 for ourselves, though. <laughs> you get a little sip, Iron Fist. I mean, if nothing else, it means our binge-watching schedule got a little lighter. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Don't don't weep for the shows that are gone. Be happy for the time you will know to be able to save for other things. <laughs> but yeah, so as one show dies, another show potentially rises. Uh, apparently, CBS is developing a Secret Six pilot. What the fuck, man? Like, DC just released I... their own app and they couldn't do it on there? I know. I got a hundred messages from people being like, Joel, aren't you totally psyched? Aren't you, you know, like super happy? Isn't this your favorite team? Yes, it is my favorite team. Yes, I'm a little excited, but I'm a little more wary for reasons like Matt said, where it's like, you guys started an app. Shouldn't you have put it there? Yeah, like your, your app is like like starving for content basically right now. Uh, Why not I'm... just put it there? <laughs> I'm further suspicious, and I further raise an eyebrow. In fact, the Secret Six, you know, the the one who wrote the one that you know, Gail Simone, a bunch of people asked her on Twitter if she knew anything about it or what she thought of it, and she basically said, hey, I wrote one incarnation of the Secret Six. There's actually been, like, quite a few, so there's not even anything that tells us what version they're developing. Yeah, and for we know, it could end up being, like, something that's not really comic booky at all. Yeah. It's just you probably won't have any costumes or anything or if they do that would be really crap it's a spy show we took the name yeah that i guarantee you that's probably what it's going to be though it'll oh. be a loose adaptation <laughs> it it sounds very loose like the little blurb they gave about it where it's like oh six amazing individuals blackmailed by a mysterious unknown yada yada yeah to fight against evil corporate crime i'm like that doesn't sound like the secret six yeah no it'll be like a yeah, like like a crime show that you get on like a CBS or something, the weekly yeah, it, weekly case or something. Yeah, I'm like it's it seems like you took like the barest bones of it, and you're trying to adapt it. And I bet we're not gonna get Scandal Savage, and I bet we ain't gonna get Bane. And I certainly bet you that uh, what is it, Mockingbird, the voice that brings them all together, isn't gonna be revealed to be Amanda Waller. No, no, I guarantee you none of that will happen, and we won't even get goddamn Catman yeah of course oh yeah hey spoiler for an almost 20 year old comic now at this point uh mockingbird the secret six's mysterious boss was revealed to be amanda waller yeah <laughs> which was really clever because like lady flag smashers like really we're running both teams at the same time and you set them against each other geez amanda does your left hand even know what your right hand is doing most <laughs> of the time nope <laughs> <laughs> no not at all that's my. That's one of my favorite Amanda Waller moments. That she is so corrupt and so mired in sleaze that yeah. she's running both <laughs> of the big covert villain teams, and neither one knew. 
God, I love that. That you find that out in the big Blackest Night crossover, which was Suicide Squad versus the Secret Six during Blackest Night. Yeah. <laughs> That's an awesome story, but uh, yeah, that's the Secret Six news, everyone. I will keep my eye on it, but I am very, very mm, suspicious. And that's even if it gets made. And that's even if it gets made. They just say they're doing a pilot. There's a lot of pilots that don't get made, like uh, that Scalp TV show pilot that didn't get made, or that Six Gun pilot that didn't get made. Yeah. I know it seems like they'll greenlight any show, but apparently they won't. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, from there to a kind of more serious topic, and uh, again, this this I always, I always hate bringing the mood down like this, but it was one of the biggest news stories of the week, and I feel like I had to talk about it. I also didn't really know what to say about it, because I didn't read the dude's work. I know you did, Matt, because he wrote Star Wars, but uh, Chuck Wendig, fired from Marvel, admits Twitter controversy, and I put controversy in uh, finger quotes <laughs> yeah yeah uh i actually kind of woke up to this news which is it, it's really strange because it's it happened like like a week after he got announced that he's writing a new comic yes um, which they canceled outright he's fired and they canceled the new darth vader did book. they cancel it because i heard he's <coughs> he's already done up to issue four and he's been taken mm. off issue four and five According to him, he canceled it. Again, I, uh, okay. I I went through a very lengthy... If you want to hear his side of the story in greater detail than we ever could, he has a blog post about it. Basically, this... this Again, I, I mentioned I bring up the James Gunn thing again. Felt like there was a bit of a coordinated smear campaign attempt here to get this guy to fly off the handle and to get him fired because people didn't like him because he had the audacity to put some gay characters into Star Wars. See, I don't believe any of that because there's other writers of star wars who've been doing lgbt mm. characters very well including kieran mm. kieran gillen on the dr a for a book uh, i think claudia gray's written some in a couple of her novels right. uh, so they're all and they were really good they were excellent no one's you know yelling at those guys i think it's more that we know of more to do with the fact that the guy goes off at literally anyone on like mm. Like, um, for instance, that he wrote a Darth Vader annual recently, right. and it basically, it ruined continuity with where it was taking place, and people brought that up to him, like, hey, this doesn't really fit, and he actually got really, really, really upset and didn't want to take, um, take any advice or, like, you know, admit right. that he was wrong or anything, and some of these I did tweets aren't very War. professional. <laughs> No, again, I saw quite a few because obviously they get screen capped and shared around. I also did see, uh, what is it, quite a few Star Wars fans basically dancing on the dude's metaphorical grave that he was fired, which to me is never cool. No. And again, as we see all too often, again, as we saw with James Gunn, as we saw with Chelsea Cade, you can't paint them all with the same brush, but when I first saw the story, I just chopped this up to, oh, are we bending over backwards and capitulating to some of the worst people on the internet again, Marvel? You're making this a bad uh, a bad look for you. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, his tweets aren't great. No, they're not good. But again, are we going to start taking morality from Mr. Akira Yoshida, the editor who's... <laughs> who, in my mind, I think screwed up even way worse, but he gets to be editor. And also, what about other writers who fly off at the handle who are famous hotheads like even Dan Slott, who I like, but he doesn't get in trouble. It feels like, you know, uh, what is it there, that Marvel's being a little picky-choosy about uh, who they fire, who they punish, and who they don't. It is It is very, very strange, like, 
yeah, they'll fire James Gunn and then they'll fire mm. this guy and then, yeah, but they won't do anything about like these, like what you said, like all these other writers. It, it is very strange. Again, I think, and I don't know if it's a Marvel thing or a Disney thing is what it is. Like where, where does this strange culture come from? And again, you know, I, I tend to fall on the side of the writer most of the time. And again, you, you read this dude's feed. Yeah. He's a bit of a hothead, but also too, he was getting prodded at pretty hard from like, you know, the beginning. And if you hear his side of the story, it's like, yeah, I might've flown off the handle too. I can't really judge it because I don't read as much Star Wars and, you know, but it just, it just feels like a bad scene and it just makes me feel uncomfortable across the board as both a reader and a podcaster and a fan and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know, I know a lot of people, a lot of Star Wars fans weren't very happy with him with, with his first couple of books in the aftermath. Like I didn't like the first one. I liked the second and third one quite a bit. Mm. Um, but I think a lot of fans didn't like them because they were like the first big thing in this new canon, but they didn't really do much. Like right. they they were just sort of like a non thing, and like he had, right. he pro, I think he had like run of whatever he could do whatever he wanted, and they he chose to basically do nothing. And also like it was the first book in the new um new canon, and they didn't offer it to someone like Timothy Zahn or Michael Stackpole, right? Or someone like that. Right. And they probably should have. I could mm. understand that, but yeah, I know what you mean by like yeah. There's just like a lot of people that are hating for like no real reason. For no real reason at all. And it seems like Marvel capitulates way too much to the loudest shatter. And again, you can't paint it all with one brush. I don't know. I wasn't in the room. I can't say for it. Heck, I didn't even really read the guy's book, so I can really only see it from a cultural thing. I, I will say I, I did see some rather interesting Twitter discussion. I'm sure you saw it too, Matt, because, you know, we follow more or less the same people. But it was like fans being like, hey, creators, we love you. We respect you don't feel like you have to play shithead whack-a-mole every day with these things feel free to write and be a creative and we'll yell at these people for you how about that yeah they i think some some writers do get caught up in it a little bit too much and you know they they feel like they have to respond to every single piece of criticism uh which i think is what chuck was actually doing yeah and i mean heck we get it and we're not even working for a major company we just work for ourselves and some days even i have to take a step back and be like nope nope they're baiting you joel don't <laughs> yeah. don't you bite their head they want you to do it so they can screen cap it and so they can continue to be a dick about it just mute block do whatever but that's not easy for some people and again i get it on a little teensy tiny you know d-list internet celebrity scale i can only imagine what someone what it would be like if you took the whole reins of star wars it's it's sad that a man doesn't have his job anymore but a lot of the industry has seemed to get behind him and i'm sure he'll land on his feet because again as we've seen with james gunn you're never really down and you're never really out yeah yeah but yeah so that's our two cents on the story i feel like you know my thoughts haven't really changed and i hate to say it but i'm sure we'll be back here again when this no doubt happens again because i don't think this is going to stop anytime soon no i imagine it's going to definitely happen again at some point i with marvel i think as well yeah and again where it's like you know you want to contrast compare it to dc it's like hey dc you had a pretty large troublemaker in your ranks for a long time who went unchecked we know his name we won't say his name you didn't make a big deal about firing him you kind of you kind of cowardly waited till his contract ran out yeah. and then you just didn't rehire him and severed all ties 
just saying guys <laughs> no no one's hands are clean in this situation is all i'm saying but uh, hey from one talk of creators to another talk of creators uh Obviously, uh, the Titans show premiered this week. It's going to be one of the first shows we talk about, but something I didn't even notice until Jerry Conway brought this up on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But the Titans show failed to credit George Wolfman and Perez for their work on the Titans. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't notice that as well. And then, yeah, I saw uh, Jerry's tweets and I actually went back just to make sure. And yeah, mm -hmm. lo and behold, like, I don't like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it just said uh, DC or characters created by DC Comics. It's like, yeah, but also two guys who have names. Why aren't you <laughs> yeah, putting their the names? The company on it? didn't create them. These two guys did. That happened to DC, work for said company. DC film and television is really fucking bad at this because they do it all the time. Quite famously, uh, in that Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie, they say "made famous by Jeff Johns," and I'm like. Yeah, but Johns didn't invent him, though. Yeah. Nor did he create him. Yeah, he had a lot of good runs, and that's what you're taking from, but I think the original creator deserves their due. They tried to do the same thing with Jonah Hex, where they approached Jimmy Palmiotti, and they're like, hey, can we say made famous by you? And Palmiotti was like, well, no, because you're not really using my material in this, and also I didn't create Jonah Hex. And famously, Conway, too, who I'm sure is super sensitive about this stuff because he is continually getting screwed out of name recognition. Firestorm, quite famously on Flash, they didn't have created by him, even yeah. though he did. Yeah, they, they, they're very fast and loose with, like, like they'll they'll say it's for some people. Like, obviously, um every time, like, a Superman family character creates, they have to do the, they're, like, required by law by law to yeah. do like the, the Siegel and Schuster and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, then, then there's like other characters who they're just so fast and loose with like, oh, mm -hmm. this guy wrote a really famous role. We'll put him in there. Not the actual person who created these characters. I mean, maybe it's just a laziness factor. Maybe they don't want to actually yeah. go through and look at, even though, I mean, come on, like two seconds on Wikipedia can help yeah. you figure out. Or maybe the reason we see the Batman Superman creator so much more and so much stuff is because they're dead, and if you put a, a live person's name on something, they might want some money. Yeah, well, well the, like, with the Superman one, I'm fairly certain that, like, uh, Schuster's family gets money from that, like, because there, there was that big, like, uh, case a couple of years ago where, like, they were working out who, how to n do the naming rights for yeah. it all and everything. But yeah, um, yeah, I, maybe, yeah, maybe it's because, like, yeah, it's easier to put like like bob kane bill finger's name on stuff because they're not around anymore whereas someone like jimmy palmiati is yeah and then you get into like extra murky waters too of like well do wolfman and perez still own a stake in their characters or did they sign them away as most comic writers of their day did to where legally they don't own it? are they afraid if they put their name on it that could strengthen them to take legal action later on to be like, yeah, but look at this show though. Exhibit A created by me. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 we, we might not even have all the facts. They might have approached these guys like at some yeah. point and said, do you want, and they went, no, we'll do this instead or something. <laughs> or, you know, I, I, I mean, for the record, Titans is fucking lame, so I can understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and nothing like Wolfman and Perez's creation, no, so no. I can understand if they didn't want their names on. Yeah. But here's the thing. 
Wolfman I know who I follow on Twitter, he had no idea. I saw him on Twitter being all excited like, oh boy, I'm about to watch the Titans show. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so he would have been slapped in the face twice. He would have been like, oh, they didn't put me in Perez's name on this, huh? That's uh, That feels unfortunate. Oh no, the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, and then at the end it's like, I'm glad my name is not on there. <laughs> He's like, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. I'm glad you didn't put my Jeff name Jeff Johns on can that. have his name on there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Greg Berlanti and yeah. Akiva Goldsmith as well. Yeah. Talk about another dude who continually seems to fail upwards. Yeah. <laughs> God, you know, I never thought I was good enough to work in Hollywood, but apparently I'm too good to work in Hollywood is the problem. <laughs> Need to lower my standards and turn out more garbage <laughs> is what I need. That's my problem. But yes, with that, everyone, we can get into our spoiler cast catch-up portion of the show. So yes, we will have spoilers for some TV stuff. If you're not caught up, be sure to save this for later. And if you just came here for the Venom stuff, that will be the tail end of the show. So with that, let's hop into Titans, which Matt and I both watched this week. <laughs> yeah, I really wish I hadn't. That's 40 minutes of not getting back. <laughs> Man, be sure to watch this show with protective gear because you will cut yourself on the oh, edge. Oh, it's so edgy. This feels like it was like like written, shot, and produced like all within the span of like when like Batman vs. Superman was coming yes. out. Where they thought, like, oh yeah, this people are gonna love this adult gritty stuff. <laughs> Which makes it seem even more ridiculous because it's like, yeah. but isn't DC film trying to get away from this yeah. and distance themselves <laughs> Which from makes this? Me Aren't think they this is like something they, they did like years ago where they still <laughs> thought that sort of stuff. And that they just shelved and just, yeah. yeah, sat on. I'll tell you this though, man, I didn't think I'd be laughing as much as I did. There are some truly just mm, moments <laughs> of unintentional comedy in this. There really are. There, one I, I couldn't stop laughing at is when uh, Raven decides she's going to leave home after which witnessing her mother being brutally murdered um and come to detroit and there's like happy music playing i'm like what the fuck is going on that's hilarious the scene that had me killing myself is when it's the it's the bit from the trailer where robin brutally beats up and murders he murders them they're dead he stabs the guy with a gun with a gun slide like in the throat he's fucking dead He's dead, a bunch of drug dealers. And then it's not enough that he grinds the one drug dealer's face against the glass in something that, like, first season Daredevil would have been like, whoa, that's a little too much, dude. He then basically river dances on the dude's head. Just, uh, 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 and we're supposed to take it seriously, but, like, there's a guy in a cape and a domino mask just yeah. kicking the shit out of someone <laughs> on the street. It's just unintentionally hilarious. And then the oh, and then the cherry on top is that's the moment where he goes, Fuck Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's it's not said it's said in like a way like, yeah, fuck him. I hate him. He's he's terrible. It it's so ridiculously over the top. I had to think for a second, I'm like, am I watching kick ass right now? This feels like <laughs> this is taking place in the kick ass universe, only there's no jokes. Yeah, 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 oh yeah, no jokes, not lead jokes. Also, the team is called Titans. The show is called Titans. Robin is an adult. Starfire is an adult. Raven is a teen. She goes to high school. And I'm going to guess Beast Boy is a teen, too, but he looks older. Yeah, yeah. 
what a what a what is up with DC and these weird like generational gaps they invent for themselves on teams? I I don't know. It, it's so strange, it, especially this when they could have been easy. You could have easily made them all teams, but no, we got to have Dick Grayson as a cop for some which reason. He, which he was in the comics, but even still, why? And also, yeah. this made me feel uncomfortable too. Where it's like, hmm, okay, well, we don't have the money to create a Gotham City, so we need somewhere that is equally as hellish and crime-ridden that exists in real life, but also will be really cheap and let us exploit it and film there. Oh, Detroit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> This show is so cruel to Detroit, like unintentionally cruel, but really cruel to Detroit. It is. It really is. <laughs> Drug dealers congregate in the open and don't go to the shelters, though, because they'll try and get you into prostitution. <laughs> just wow. Just everything about it. Uh, hey, remember? And, and like just so much of it is so wrong. I know. Where it's like... <laughs> Hey, you know Starfire from the comics who was a happy-go-lucky alien who was basically Cousin Balky who, you know, had so many misunderstandings about Earth culture but had such a good heart? What if we make her an amnesiac who sets people on fire? Yeah, and who is quite clearly, like, a high-paid escort and prostitute. <laughs> This, this show is weird about the women characters. Like, this show feels gross a lot of the time, where it's like, out of the blue, that one guy on the bus calls Raven a slut, and I'm like, where did that go? Jesus that Christ. <laughs> I'm like, that didn't go anywhere. Then the mother brutally shot in the back of the head. Also, there was a little girl who got beaten up and possibly molested by her drug dealer father, and that's what makes Robin need to go in and beat them up. And the fact that, yes, they seek to be implying that Starfire is some sort of high-paid escort. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, Teen Titans, go! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, there's like, yeah, a, like, like an animated Teen Titans movie in the cinemas at the moment. <laughs> just completely different. Whoa, just, whew, just friggin'. It's two ends this of the spectrum, no in-between. <laughs> yeah, no, no in-between at all. Zero in-between. I, I, I just don't even know what to say about this show, and I'm like, no one's likable. I'm not having fun. What am I supposed to latch on to here? Yeah, yeah, it, it's just, yeah, you can't like anyone. I suppose you could probably like like Beast Boy for his little bit in this, where he, like, breaks into a shop and, like, steals some video games. Cause he wants to yeah, he's, video he's games. a thief now? What? Yeah, yeah it's, but, like, even then you're like, no, he's, he's like, a thief. He's a criminal. <laughs> also, Robin's killing least... people. I don't know what the hell Raven is, and, yeah, jeez. Yeah, that's the thing. Beast Boy gets to be the best because he's in the least amount of the show, and at least he's just a thief, not a murderer. <laughs> well, he could have. I imagine there was like a scene where he like mauled that that security guard to death as the tiger, and they're like, "Nah, we'll cut that." I'm terrified too because it's like, oh, this show's gonna have the Doom Patrol in yeah. it, isn't it? What? What's the dark and gritty Doom Patrol gonna be well, like? And oh, Hawk and Dove are in here, and we've seen them killing people in the trailer. Well, that's the thing. Like with the Doom Patrol, we know, like obviously they're gonna be out, and they got the new their show coming out soon. But apparently, mm. like their show is all like, like it's really kind of funny. Like from people who have seen <laughs> stuff on it, it's it's like really funny, and like the, there's humor there with like Robot Man and all these people. What are they gonna be like? Is there gonna be like a complete night and day here whereas like in here they're all gritty and like we hate each other we hate ourselves and in, in the show they're going to be like guardians of the galaxy or something it 
it is Greg Berlanti, and maybe this is him trying to make the CW universe stuff strike again, where he's like, no, 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 Titans will be our arrow. It needs to be really dark and yeah. gritty and really be aping off Batman. And then the other shows will be lighter and funnier, and that'll be the counter-programming. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so strange. It, it's got me even worried for like more of the stuff that's going to be happening in this season, because obviously we got Jason coming, and it's like... Are they gonna? Have they gonna? Have they like confused the characters where they thought like Dick was was like they just said Robin in like the script, so they're like, oh, well, he's like killing people and grinding their faces against glass. Oh, this is Jason. This is oh, it's oh, it's Dick. Oh, oh no, oh no, yeah. we've got to have Jason in this episode. What's he gonna be like? Is he gonna be even edgier, or is he gonna be exactly like like Dick as Robin? Or <laughs> I mean, what is Batman going to be like oh, in this fuck. show? The, 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 the fact that Robin's like, oh, I had to leave Gotham. You know, he was getting, oh, he was getting much too, uh, what is it, aggressive and much too dark. I had to leave him or I'd become him. So you became to this city to maul drug dealers and stab them in the neck. Is that less than Batman? <laughs> See, it would have been good if, like, he said that because he said that before he, like, beat up drug dealers and everything would have been good if like he said that and then like goes out and beats them and as he's beating him he realizes he's becoming like the batman and he's and he's like oh fuck i gotta stop this shit <laughs> also if this is where you start with your team where are you supposed to go because right now i really don't buy them becoming the titans from the comics like no. at all no no it's like how, how do you start at this level? How do you start at ten? You can't you can't move backwards in a story. <laughs> no, well apparently you can. <laughs> apparently you can. Again, it's like no, no, it's about them being dark and brooding and edgy and them learning to be the happy-go-lucky heroes. I'm like, no, that's not how heroes work. They start there, and when they're at their lowest, they become this point so they yeah. can remember the, what they used to be. <laughs> the movies tried this and failed spectacularly. <laughs> That's the other thing. It's like, did you learn nothing from the Snyder universe? Again, this makes me like think that. like the, all of this was developed around the time Batman vs <laughs> Superman uh, yeah. was just about to come out, so they were all in that dark and gritty thing. And yeah, are we going to see like like is the show going to like turn on a dime when we get <laughs> up to the episodes that are like post that timeline, where they like suddenly it just changes on a dime? <laughs> But hey, it's okay, Matt, because uh, they've already been greenlit for a season two. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> if the show continues like this, Jesus Christ. <sighs> but if it keeps bringing in these unintentional laughs, <laughs> I'll have fun with it. <laughs> but no, this definitely isn't going to be a, ooh, I need to see the new episode of Titans right away. It's like, okay, I've saved up a couple episodes. Maybe yeah. I'll skim through them. Yeah, I'll bank a couple. I'll bank a couple before watching. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. that, that, that might be the thing. Maybe it watches better in like a binge and not like a, maybe. a, like a weekly thing. Maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But uh, hey, from one show that started to a show that's been back for a while now and one that I think has actually showed a ton of upward momentum, and that is Gifted. Have you been watching Gifted, Matt? I have been, yes. This has been really solid. It has been really good. Yeah, we got uh, we got some Morlocks in the last episode. Yeah, that that was that was really cool. I like how they've been like playing in like the X-Men sort of playground and like doing it in like a way that's kind of realistic but like still kind of true to the comics a little bit. Yeah. 
there's moments that are shockingly accurate in tone and theme, if in nothing else. Again, at the beginning of this episode, we see, uh, what is it, one of the main characters talk to his father who disowned him as a child because he was a mutant and he was like a super Bible thumper and everything, and he basically comes to to watch him die, essentially. Yeah, and it it stops uh, Marcos trying to... He wants to not be like his father, and it's it's made even more like difficult because he can't be there for his child who's with Polaris in that weird sort of place that's just down the road from them yeah again you can see you you you, you can see sometimes the budgetary constraints on that show yeah uh also the dad who of course he was part of the Strucker family line and his dad developed like a serum to suppress his powers now it's wearing off and now he is you getting powers now but it's like really destructive and really bad for him and everybody yeah yeah because he yeah he, he hadn't he didn't get them when he was going through uh, i guess mm. puberty like when most mutants get theirs so like yeah he, it's really painful yeah it's really painful and it's chaotic and it's pretty cool power though as well it like melts metal or something well yeah can like melt melter stuff. yeah can melt everything that's fun uh the mom is still being written like an idiot which yeah. is unfortunate <laughs> we gotta get our son we gotta get him back we gotta save him from those people who kidnapped him he left he left willingly yeah he, you were right there when he said i'm gonna go with these people mm-hmm. <laughs> you were right there <laughs> and her being so blind and oblivious to the fact that her daughter's not doing good and that her husband is developing powers yeah yeah <laughs> They really write her like a dumbass. I would feel bad if I was that actress. Yeah, well, I don't think they know what to do with her. They're like, we've got all these cool no. stories for all of these other characters. Like, what do we do with, like, like the mom who's, like, really the only, like, normal, like, human person yes. in the actual show? Well, again, you know, season one, I will give them credit that, like, literally all of season one was her checking her human privilege, essentially, where it's like, oh, your family won't help you, you know, the the police won't help you, the hospital won't help you, you basically have to learn to start living all over again, and she is, but what do you do now? Yeah, yeah, they're like, okay, we'll just put her here, and then wait, and see what happens. Yeah. The, the son makes me laugh, too. He's gone full Draco Malfoy oh, now God. with the platinum blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, he's full emo. <laughs> which which he was a bit of a dickweed in season one, and he was a little hard to like anyway, so the fact that they made him join the villain team, I quite enjoy. Yeah, yeah. The villain team as well is really cool. I like that they got the Stepford Cuckoos in there. and They're amazing. Yeah, they're really good. I really like them. They're really, really solid. There's also even some really interesting B-plots where, you know, we had the Sentinel Services cop from season one who got fired and they kind of covered up everything from the end of uh, season one. He's like, this has become like his white whale and he's Captain Ahab and it's destroying his marriage that he keeps wanting to hunt these guys down. Yeah, well, they 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 basically they effectively mind raped him into thinking that yeah. like his, like his daughter died and like all this sort of stuff and yeah, so he he's got like good compelling reasons to come after oh, these yeah. guys. And it's good to follow the human side of that story and everything and being like you know imagine if you were just a regular working schlub in a world full filled with mutants, you'd probably feel like this guy. Yeah, it's it's a real good study in powerlessness. Mm in a world so much powers exactly so much of superhero shows and movies and comics are all about living the power fantasy but through this guy it's like nah feel small feel inferior feel powerless yeah he could start his own show called powerless (laughs) 
But yeah, Gifted in general is good. I uh, The thing about Gifted too is I hope season two ends really strong because chances are this will be the last season because mm-hmm. obviously the rights are moving around now and why why would Disney want to keep making this show when they could cancel it and start their own X-Men show? Yeah, or they could like keep it going on their streaming service and obviously change it a little bit so maybe it like fits in with the MCU or something. I uh, I would love an Agents of Shield crossover with Gifted. Uh, I think that would be really good. Cool. They can't, but <laughs> it would be pretty cool. It would be I would just love Phil Tolson to show up there out of the blue. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. But yeah, Gifted continues to be really awesome. Uh, the other new show that started this week was The Flash. It came back with the uh, long-awaited brand-new episode to kind of deal with the cliffhanger from last season. Yeah, and I think, I think it's surprisingly solid. Yeah, it was a solid episode. You know, they definitely try and go for some big fan moments like, oh, he's got the suit from the ring and everything. And oh, she said Shway, she's from the Batman Beyond future. <laughs> Yeah, like little fun moments. Yeah, all, all that. Yeah, and like how the suit was made by Ryan Choi and yeah, all this yeah, really cool stuff. But let's just talk about that new suit for it. I'm not a big. I, I like. I like the suit from the neck down. I do not like the helmet. Mm-hmm. I like the suit in theory. I like it's redder. I like he has a clearer and defined belt. They are moving closer and closer to the comic book version, but you're right. There is something wrong with the helmet. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something wrong with the helmet. Yeah, I I think it's it, it looks too big, and I think that's mainly from the way they shoot. They always like time and time again throughout this first episode, they shot it from like angles that like came upwards, so it like made it look like like it was like boat like kind of came out at the top and and everything yeah it didn't look very good then i also wish the ears were more well defined yeah 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 the lightning bald ears they should be bigger and stick out a little bit yeah i like the ones from the comics how it's like the round and then they got the little like curve in them and then the, the lightning bolts going out the back i don't know why they like stick them into the helmet yeah, I respect them for evolving the costume. I hope they continue to evolve it. I think Flash has had more variations now than Green Arrow has. I think Green Arrow only changed his costume like once, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I hope they continue to evolve it and move it forward. And like, hey, you know, you they, they clearly go back for other rounds of filming. They clearly do this in halves and everything. So maybe you can change it. Mm-hmm if you want to but uh yeah the episode itself was solid you know they had a they had a villain of the week they had gridlock that was fun uh they imply you know the big mystery villain for the season because every season needs a mystery villain yeah yeah cicada cicada sequoia however the hell you pronounce the the dude with the speed cult and the knife that's a lightning bolt yeah yeah he 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 showed up at the end of this episode i like that they like just didn't tease him outright he just shows up and like seemingly murders or murders gridlock <laughs> yeah i like that too boom i'm the villain for this season learn my name <laughs> yeah yeah i thought that that was pretty cool i liked i liked um flash's relationship with his daughter though i found it yeah. really awkward with like iris yeah. and everything and obviously there's something in in the future or the past mm. for, that happened between them so yeah may, maybe iris dies or something or maybe this will be their uh what is it then maybe they'll actually give iris something to do this season <laughs> and trying to figure out what that awkward thing is yeah. between her and her daughter oh she she had something to do with the other last season she was the team leader of flash remember she said oh, that yeah. yeah even though she wasn't <laughs> she she said it lots of times even though no one believed her <laughs> 
I, I did enjoy Ralph Dibney this episode. I thought that was a really <laughs> clever use of him. The fact that he is smart enough to grasp the time travel multiverse concepts, but no one told him, so he's figuring it out like <laughs> yeah. 10 steps behind everyone else. Yeah, no no one yeah, figured to tell him. That, yeah, that there was like multiple words. And I like that thing where he's like working it out on the board and it's like we call it like a like a, a many verse <laughs> we are we are now officially the comic many verse man <laughs> it's gonna mess up our algorithm and annotations when i change that but there you go <clears throat> that's fun too because obviously this show made him more of a dumbass more in line with Elo o'brien than you know ralph dibney from the comics but i like they're like no 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 he is smart and he can grasp and he can figure it out eventually yeah yeah I hope he keeps doing that all season, him just figuring <laughs> out stuff late. Because here, because we need a little extra something because we don't have Tom Cavanaugh anymore. We lost our Wells. Yeah, which is a shame. I really liked Wells, he, and I like what they were doing with him. I can understand why he had to leave and everything, but yeah. I liked Wells too. In fact, I think the seasons where you didn't have Wells at the beginning was actually the weakest. Mm. I think he's the missing ingredient on the show. I'm sure they'll find a way to bring him back. And you know what? Hey, well, you're at it. I called bullshit on uh, how you finished off Wells' story, how you made him dumb, but how he was happy being dumb because it means he could relate to his daughter more. That reeks of anti-intellectualism. Yeah, yeah, that's very stupid. <laughs> Especially in this day and age, I think that's a terrible message to send that you'd be happier if you were dumber. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might be happier if you're dumber, but then, you know, if everyone was like that, we'd be eating freaking rocks and living in the mud and there'd be no podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Scientific advancement and smarty pants stuff is good, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as I said on Twitter, the one thing they needed to fix this episode is the goddamn Star Labs building. Five years, five years in running that, and they've yet to fix that room. And as soon as they, it would take any time as well, they have speedsters that could like do it mm. in like a couple of minutes. It's clearly because they just had the one footage shot that they keep reusing oh, over yeah. and over. Yeah, yeah, they can't like. But the thing is, like, why can't they just <clears throat> update like the model they use in that shot? Like, it's not even going to take that much effort. Is that building even there anymore in downtown Vancouver where they no doubt film it or have they knocked it down? Is that why it's, they it's can't? It's not a real building. It's it's a oh. completely CGI shot. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Like, they could easily fix that. <laughs> again, this this strengthens my theory because, again, who, who, who really owns Star Labs? I get the distinct <laughs> feeling that they're all just squatting in that building. Well, Barry's the CEO, but, like... Right. Like, like yeah, but, like, where's, like... Like, how are they getting income to, like, pay for, like, the land, like, of the building yeah. and, like, the power who, who, who is, and everything? And... The utilities? Who is paying uh, Cisco and Caitlin to show up? Because clearly they say, oh, where do you work? I work at Star Labs. It's fairly obvious because they mentioned it in this episode. This is going to become the Flash Museum. Um, which they teased a couple seasons back. Which, like, like why not start transitioning into that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, it gives the building a nice thing for the season, too. Ooh, did you find this as awkward as I did? It's the only one complaint I actually have about it. But when Barry is talking to his future daughter, trying to get her to phase uh, shift and help save the plane and everything, he gives the speech of the original Wells, who we know is the reverse Flash. <laughs> and they, like, treat it as, like, this really beautiful moment. And yeah. I'm like, that's the that's the dude who murdered your mother, Barry. Yeah, why are you giving that his advice to your daughter? That's bad. No. <laughs> Which, again, hey, 
you know what would have been cool, and this is how I would have written it? He remembers it word for word, but he changes it coming out of his mouth. He kind of, like, reclaims it and takes the advice back. Yeah, yeah, no, that's too smart, and we can't have smart things on this show. No, he needs to repeat it verbatim. That's the one thing where if I was, like, uh, if I was like an intern on that, I, I would fight that one, and I would risk getting <laughs> fired. Be like, he should say something different. <laughs> It's really weird that you guys keep talking about Wells as if he was one person, but there was many Wellses, and at least one was a killer. <laughs> I'm sure it's complicated for you. It's weird in comics, but as a comic fan, I've come to you know expect this kind of thing. <laughs> you, you, you gotta make that difference when you talk about it, or people get mad. <laughs> also, don't forget the hyphen in Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, wait, we're on a flashlight. I know, I just want to bring it up. Well, why am I becoming Gary from Venture Brothers now? <laughs> Hench for life! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that was The Flash. You you saw Supergirl, too, and you had thoughts. I did. Supergirl came back tonight as we record this, and I managed to watch the episode before uh, we did this, and it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It's set up, like, um, it's cool. They, like, actually did some really cool setup where they're like, okay, so Supergirl is going around the world, sa basically saving the world because Superman is... <laughs> Out, out in space on Argo um, so you can't be there to stop all these things in Metropolis and all these other places so Supergirl stepping up to do that um, Hank and uh, some other people are setting up like like relief groups for like the aliens because they find mm -hmm. obviously there's like, like anti-alien sentiment in, in the world uh, right. which is really cool uh, Alex is leading the DEO which is really cool she's got like a really awesome like she got at the end, last season she got like her kind of like a powered suit from um oh yeah winslow like uh, it gives it gives her all these powers and it's been updated in this so she's got like these really cool gloves that like uh that are kind of like give her like magneto powers sort of nice uh, and she can create shields and stuff which is really cool uh the the bad guys at least for this episode and i imagine they're going to be throughout the episode because they're part of uh the villain patriot or whatever his name is asian mm. liberty um right uh, uh, Mercy Graves and her brother Otis. Cool. And yeah, they're they're sowing discontent in the human population against the aliens, mm. which is really cool. Mm, I like that. Very very timely and very topical. I never would have thought Supergirl would be the topical show. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with the whole. Because <laughs> at the end of season last season, they teased like like Red Sun Supergirl um Ooh. like supergirl who's been raised in like the ukraine or something and we don't know mm. what the hell happened to that and it's not teased at all so i imagine that's going to be oh. like the overarching bad guy teased eventually or something right well hey i mean you know again i talked about the show being topical russia is very topical again so <laughs> red sun will probably be very topical yeah i'm really looking forward to that that's going to be pretty cool i, I, mean, I, just red I do anything. wish though they they would stop poaching superman stories I know, right? It's like Supergirl has her own stories, guys. You don't have yeah. to keep doing Superman ones, especially because, yeah. God willing, one day they'll do a Superman yeah, show on TV. And he exists in this universe. <laughs> it would be nice if he had some of his own stories to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, I mean, they could never do a Batman show now because they basically stole all the Batman plots for Arrow. <laughs> yeah, or <all> Gotham. <laughs> Or Gotham. At least, at least Batwoman is different enough, and at least she has some stories of her own. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's good to know that uh, Supergirl is good and back strong. Yeah. 
Uh, I guess our last thing to talk about, and this will take us to the end of the show, Matt saw Venom, I saw Venom, <laughs> let's talk about Venom, because people demanded it. <laughs> they, did they really? Did, did anyone really demand it? <laughs> uh, there was a couple people in the comments section, they know who they are, who want to watch us suffer. <laughs> and suffer we did. I mean, like, here's the thing. Uh, to compare it to Titans, as I think I will be much meaner on this show, uh, Venom was surprisingly edgeless. Yeah, oh, that's because it's fucking PG-13. <laughs> because it's PG-13. Are there worse superhero movies? Yes, but Venom might win an award for being the blandest movie I've seen in a very oh, yeah. long time. It was so goddamn bland. It's... <laughs> Yeah, and it, as well, it, I saw like other people compare this, and I thought they were just, be, it was just like hyperbole. Uh, but like, it feels like a movie that was made in like the mid 2000s when like Marvel was yes. doing like random like movies like Ghost Rider and Electra and all that. If, this feels like this, that. <laughs> if this came, this really does feel like they traveled back in time to the early 2000s, picked this up in between like the live action Fantastic Four yeah. and stuff and brought it to the future and are just releasing it now for the first time yeah it feels exactly like it has like all the beats of those films like it, it <laughs> mm-hmm. it's even kind of like shot like that there's no like yeah like like good shots of like like i guess modern quote-unquote like cin- mm-hmm. cinematography or anything feels like tim's story directed it yeah well yep <laughs> yep i mean it's it's, again, I, I say that it's hollow and I say that it's empty, but that should really be no surprise because you're doing a Venom origin story and the whole point of Venom is that Eddie Brock and the symbiote are brought together by their mutual hatred of Spider-Man and that's what makes them an interesting villain and a force to be reckoned with. You have no Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's what I was telling the people I was going, I went to go see this with, like, because they're, they're not really familiar with them i'm like no you need kind of need spider-man to do venom because yeah the whole deal is the symbiote comes to earth thanks to spider-man and takes a lot of his characteristics from spider-man venom also looks weird now because he's just a big blob of black he doesn't have his most defining characteristic which is the spider they they do have like like little white veins but they obviously can't do it in the shape of like the spider so it's just like a random assortment of veins on him that are white Mm. I was also really hoping, too, when I went into this, I'm like, oh, please be hilariously bad. Please be so bad I laugh. There's a couple chuckles here and there, but by and large, again, it's just kind of boring. It, it's re- I got a really good laugh from that from that pussy line where he w- w- takes the elevator down instead of jumping out the window. I thought that was That's kind of funny. That was kind of f- funny, but yeah, it's just so bland. Yeah, apparently Venom's got jokes. Now, the bit that I laughed about is when, like, he actually gets the symbiote taken off him for the first time, and it's locked in the other room. He's like, yeah, yeah, you you, you was killing me and stuff, right? I thought it was we, but no we anymore. <laughs> Let's talk about Tom Hardy's accent in this. Like Bugs Bunny got kicked in the head by a horse. Yeah, maybe Brock, look at me. It's so funny because he's, he's like doing like, he's trying to be like tough with like a little bit of a gruffness to it. But like, it just comes off like, and he does like all these weird noises and everything. Like, like just like oh, yeah. stumbling and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Again, did he, did when he take he's too the... many Ambien before doing this or something? That's what it feels like. Like, again, he spends the whole movie just sweaty yeah, and gross. Yeah. Yeah, and like when he's, he's in is just covered in sweat. And I'm like, why? Yeah. What's going on? 
And like when he's stumbling around the restaurant, just tweaking like yeah. a crackhead and everything, I'm like, is this supposed to be funny? This is more uncomfortable than funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, what the hell is he doing? And he's like hitting people and eating live lobsters and. And like, never have I seen a movie where I truly felt like, yep, that was a first take they kept in. That was a first take too. Yep. Oh, what the movie was put together in three months. These are all first takes. Yep, they feel like them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, quick, we got to set up the camera. We got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. Uh, what 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 about Riz Ahmed as a uh, Carlton Drake, who uh, actually is a character from Lethal Protector? In fact, many names and places were taken from Lethal Protector. He's he's just full up Jesse Eisenberg in it oh, God, in this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 wacky in this. He's just absolutely. He goes from like calm to like I'm insane because we need to go to the symbiote planet and live there. And yeah, because I'm also Elon Musk. It, like at least if nothing else, they kept his character more simple than Eisenberg's, where it's like, well, why am I evil? Because I'm Elon Musk. Um... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to space with a car and I make flamethrowers in the killer symbiote factory. <laughs> you know who I felt bad for? Jenny Slate. Yeah, yeah, her, like, character is in it for, like, five minutes, if that. Because I love her and everything else. I just got done watching her in Big Mouth for this season. And I'm like, oh, oh, you're actually trying. You're actually treating this like this is a real movie. Yeah, I've been a superhero movie. i got to try hard because these movies do good. <laughs> Yeah, and again, like, you blink and she's gone because she has to serve a purpose and then get killed off. Yeah, killed off screen, and then you see, like, the aftermath of that. So it's like, oh, there's something that was probably cut because it was too gruesome. (laughs) Too gruesome, or my theory was, I'm like, ooh, is she going to be a symbiote too? Is she going to come back as Scream or Lasher or one of the other ones? Because they make a solid point of, like, oh, there's multiple symbiotes in this. Because, again were aping off Lethal Protector, the miniseries, where all the other symbiotes whose names you probably forgot were created. Well, that's what I thought was going to happen to that one symbiote that was in that that one guy who who they, they thought was working. I think, okay, this is going to be like the the henchman symbiote to Riot yeah. and everything. And it's like, no, oh, no, no, that died off. That symbiote died off because reasons. Riot, the main villain, or who becomes the main villain, spends the bulk of the movie just walking to the plot. <laughs> yeah, that was so that was so strange. As well as like like it was a blinking. I actually got told by the person I went with that there was a six month gap because I had taken my eyes off the screen for like ten seconds to take a drink from my from my drink, and apparently something said six months later. So I'm like, well, with time jumping, and they've just been like walking around what i assume is china for like six months to try and get to the united states i'm I'm glad you mentioned that matt because time is so hard to keep track of in this movie because it's like oh eddie's fired eddie breaks up with his girlfriend then it looks like the next day he's living in a brand new apartment all his own i'm like he got that together pretty quick and then it's like oh he gets all freaked out at night and goes home and then we're back out at night again on the street and i'm like wait did a day pass what happened yeah there's no which makes me think yeah this movie is probably cut to shit uh as, oh, as tom hardy said there's like 30 minutes cut from the film as, as he said to my friend rob actually it was <laughs> yeah. rob who asked yeah. him that question <laughs> i got to hear the real insight on that where he was like i didn't think he'd say it i just asked him a basic question <laughs> what was your favorite thing to film he's like ah they cut 40 minutes from it <laughs> 
like he was just dying to say it. Now, let's talk about Eddie as a character and how he makes no sense and is completely uneven. He's a crusading journalist. He's not a shitty tabloid journalist like he was in the comics. He's like, you know, uh, Brock's people, Brock who cares. He fights for the little guy, but he doesn't defend his local corner store from getting shaken down, and he's not gutsy enough to tell his neighbor to quiet it down with the guitar until he gets the Venom symbiote. Yeah, and then he suddenly is. <laughs> These two things don't match. Yeah, and then yeah, then suddenly he's like, oh, we we need to do good like we need to stand up to these people i i can do that now because i can bite people's heads off i guess i don't know i've got space also this is the other hard part when you make a movie about a villain eddie brock isn't a good guy there's a lot that's very unlikable about him and the script couldn't decide if we were supposed to like him or not because in the first five minutes he invades his girlfriend's privacy steals a bunch of important information gets her fired gets himself fired and gets everyone else in a bunch of trouble and he doesn't seem sorry about it no no he's like hey, i'll just find another job yeah doesn't doesn't feel sorry about it at all and in the end he's just magically forgiven yeah, he's it's it's all good, and that's why you need Spider Man. You need you need Eddie to be the like the foil to Peter, and set yes. up like, like he's kind of a terrible person, whereas Peter's like a good guy and everything. And yeah, yeah. You see how making movies about villains doesn't make any sense when they have no hero to contrast themselves against. No, yeah, yeah. They they try to they try to walk that line where he's like the villain, but he's also a hero. But he's a villain, and he's got to fight this other guy who wanted to go home and get more people because Venom can't go home because he's a loser. <laughs> that really comes out of nowhere, where Venom just on a dime turns and says, okay, I want to help fight yeah. and defend Earth now. Why? Because you're a loser, Eddie Brock, and I'm a loser too. I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> Furthermore, why are you a loser, Venom symbiote? And Riot is in charge because it seems yeah. like you guys can do all the same stuff. Yeah, that, that was another funny thing. They're like, Venom's like, oh, don't go against Riot. He's got shit you wouldn't believe. And he's got like knives and like oh, shit. Oh, no. And like shit that like Venom could easily make. And like, oh, so scary. Ooh, not. Yeah, God help us if when they inevitably do the Carnage thing and they tease the Carnage thing, it's just going to be the same fight. Ru yeah. Carnage can't do anything that Riot in this movie didn't already do. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not going to be any different. Man, Woody Harrelson's wig. <laughs> Jesus. So fucking funny. Why did they choose the wig? Like, I know, like, like Clears Carter has, like, that Carter hair, but, like, just don't do it. Just, like, color his hair red. Just, like... Woody's natural hair red, and that that'd be fine. He's it's in even prison. Funnier. They cut their hair short in prison. Yeah, it's even funnier because that was like the most attempt at costuming I had actually seen. Because <laughs> if you look at Tom Hardy throughout the movie, he didn't try and dress him up like Eddie Brock. He's just dressed like Tom Hardy. I'm sure that's what he wore to set, and I know that because when you look at his wrist, he's got like his five different like you know man bracelets and everything. Yeah, yeah. Tom Hardy just wears that in real life. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's like yeah, pay for your own own wardrobe, man. And that I reckon that's why he was so sweaty because like he just got done in the gym, like <laughs> training for the movies, fight scenes, and like they're just like, okay, bring him to set and we'll start filming. It's like, oh, what about makeup and wardrobe? Ah, oh, we don't need any of that. Just stay sweaty. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that's all. You, it's like he made the movie in between other stuff. It's like, Tom, we're making this in between, you know, we got three months to shoot. It's like, okay, that's fine. I'll do it in between the gym. <laughs> yeah. Which, man, you know, you want to talk about a movie where Tom Hardy gets controlled by a seemingly evil outside force uh, and goes on a revenge quest. They made it. It was called Upgrade. And it was Upgrade much better. Is a, <laughs> Upgrade is a better Venom movie than Venom was. It Go really see Upgrade, was. everyone. It's basically the same plot. And the movie that movie gets going straight away. This one takes like Venom doesn't appear like fully until yeah. like twenty minutes before the end. And even then Too he's long. very very sparingly used. Also, it's a dumb thing too, and this is another like fanboy complaint of mine. Venom says his name is Venom. So Venom already comes packing the Venom name. Venom is not the union of Eddie Brock and the Clintar symbiote. Venom calls himself Venom, and together they become Venom. Yeah, even Riot calls him Venom. And Riot's name is Riot. <laughs> and Riot's name is also Riot. It's not a new name created when we come together. So much for, you know, the uh, I'm poison to Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I'm Venom. Or, you know, I spewed so much Venom as a reporter and everything. Yeah, there's no... No, you can't have any of that. Because, again, don't have Peter Parker, don't have Spider-Man. Don't really set up eddie as like a tabloid journalist or anything like someone who would spew venom and and just bullshit you know no no not at all it, it is funny the things they did pay attention to and the things they did try and concentrate on like they make a point of saying yes the movie takes place in san francisco likely the protector of the comic they say that oh he lived in new york but came here which is why he has the accent <laughs> yeah 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 the shitty accent as close as it is, which I'm like, man, you just should have said he's from San Francisco. <laughs> so you should have done. You really just should have gone with that. Uh, Annie, his wife, is a character from the comics. She became Lady Venom, and in fact, she becomes Lady Venom here too, and probably one of the weirdest three-way oh, scenes so ever. Oh, that was so uncomfortable. So why is Venom kissing him? Ah, <laughs> oh, alien human three-way is. Oh, no. You sure this is PG-13? <laughs> And the fact that Venom is interested in her, too, even at the end of the movie. Hey, let's get together. Let's see what happens. <laughs> you know, I can take all sorts of shapes. Let's get creative. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the sequel. They got to save that for the sequel. Oh, God. <laughs> you got to get yourself some of that. But, yeah, the Lady Venom thing, the Life Foundation, who was indeed, uh, what is it, Venom villains from Lethal Protector. E even Treese, the name Treese was taken from mm. a Venom comic. So I can't say the writers of this didn't read a Venom comic. It's just very clear they only read the one. Well, I don't even think they read that. I think they flicked through it and said, ah, it's San Francisco, Life mm. Foundation, uh, Colton Drake. Okay, cool. Also, Eddie, Eddie Brock's love of hobos, he's friends to hobos everywhere because in Lethal Protector, he lived in a hobo colony, but he only lived in the hobo colony because he was a fugitive from New York after fighting Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, in here, he's just friends with them. Friends Don't know why. Again, they could have set up like, oh, he uses them as like his network of like leads on yeah. like, cases and stuff, but that like never Sherlock happens. Holmes. Yeah, that never happens. He's just like you friends see, with like the one that sits at the front of the store. <laughs> you see, you see, Eddie Brock's a dick and a bad guy who invades his girlfriend's privacy, but he treats bartenders and hobos and uh, people who work in retail very well. So he's a hero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, too, that shakedown scene bugged me. 
you don't pull out a gun in a shakedown. The point is you're shaking them down and they give you the money. Then it's just a robbery. Yeah, that that was pretty much a robbery. Cause, and he would... stole stuff as well, so it was yeah. a robbery. <laughs> that confused me, but he made it sound like this was some sort of shakedown thing. And I'm like, well, that's not how you shake people down. It's You say you got a very nice store here. It would be a shame if something messed it up. I guess criminals in San Francisco just aren't very subtle. Yeah, and, and, and Eddie should have, like... Like, cause, cause that happens at the end. He like kills the guy. And it's like, well, reporter, why didn't you find out who he was fucking working for and working start for. doing a story on it? Also, too, there's a gonna be a lot of security cameras and a lot of people left yeah. alive who know your venom. Oh yeah. Didn't think that was a problem, huh? <laughs> the movie also just kind of ends too. Like after yeah. he fights the police, it just it kind ends of on rushes the turn to of the, the end. Wind. <laughs> yep. Just what this kind of felt like yeah yeah the, yeah the police stuff like he's just confronted somehow by a SWAT team that somehow know where he is at, oh. at all times <laughs> oh that's my favorite line actually so annie sees him beat up these cops almost kill them then says get in the car you're going to the hospital lady did you see him become a monster and i don't think the hospital's gonna help him lady <laughs> Also, let's let's talk about the the uh, the uh, the bike chase that has, oh, that has yeah. like the drones that like they don't shoot at you; they just crash into no. you, <laughs> just exploding just like a blue flame. <laughs> and man, you want to hear some sounds, Tom Hardy? They're <laughs> I want someone when this movie comes out on DVD to create a like like a Tom Hardy freakout like soundboard or something. Just him Please going, do. And just like yelling and shit. <laughs> It's pleased you. In fact, you know, I almost wish the movie had more of that because if it had if it had more of that, then it wouldn't have been so bland, and I might actually have been able to enjoy it a bit more. Well, apparently, like they film stuff where like a symbiote <coughs> makes they like, makes Tom Hardy dance through the streets and stuff, and like all this like all this stuff that probably Tom Hardy really liked doing and stuff like that because I think yeah. he was having quite a bit of fun with that. Yeah, like he genuinely seems to be enjoying this stupid, stupid thing. Like he knew what it was. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't. It wasn't uh, by, by the fact that, like, yeah, we're making a, a serious superhero movie. It's like, nah, this is probably going to be pretty crappy. And this is this is garbage. This is hollow. At least let me have fun. Yeah. But hey, it made eighty th- or eighty million dollars Thursday night. So I mean, <laughs> I guess we're gonna get a sequel to this next year, and I guess we're gonna have to watch Craven and Morbius too. Oh god. Uh, this is gonna get no... a sequel like straight away though. They're gonna fast track oh, yeah. a sequel. Oh, oh, undoubtedly, of course, one hundred percent. Avi Arad's already <laughs> writing it. You know, <laughs> he's, he's getting the cameras all ready. They got to film it in three weeks. It'll be out. You know, in two months. <laughs> It's going to go up against our... that Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> finally, we have our own cash cow in Venom. He is as popular as I knew he would be. <laughs> I am Avi Arad. Let me make action figures now. <laughs> but yeah, that was Venom, everyone. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to, mainly because hate is a strong emotion, and I felt those strong emotions to this because it is so hollow and it is so empty and it is so nothing. It, it has to have something to hate, like, and the movie's so yeah. bland that it doesn't have anything. Yeah, like, I wanted, like, I would have been fine with, like, Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern because, like, that movie tries 
fails and is insulting in what it tries to do. Venom isn't even insulting because Venom doesn't even try anything, which if all you want is just big gooey space monsters hitting each other, congratulations because that's all the last 30 minutes are. Yeah, yeah, you can't even tell what the fuck's going on. No, no, you really can't. And again, you're not rooting for anyone. <laughs> it is funny, though, that they actually, and again, in a better movie, this would have been clever. Both Riot and uh, Eddie lose their symbiotes and they have to have a human fight. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was kind of looking for, like, that kind of happened, yeah. But I wish it went on for a little bit longer than it did. <laughs> that was a smart idea, but then I'm reminding myself, I'm like, wait, Elon Musk nerd versus Scrappy <laughs> Report? How is this fight even fair? Versus Buff Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. <laughs> he just picks him up with one hand. <laughs> but then I'm reminded, too, that in real life, Tom Hardy's, like, five foot nothing. He's, like, Tom Cruise-sized oh, yeah real life and i think uh riz Ahmed, i think he's actually much taller so i'm sure that was very hard for them to film yeah hence why it was like long like top shots of them and everything and <laughs> no no he's tall we swear he's tall <laughs> can't 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 break the magic can't break the immersion <laughs> but yeah that was venom everyone it was what it was venom is two movies what broth is to food it's technically food it's technically a movie <laughs> don't be expecting anything and you won't be disappointed yeah you might even find some nourishment in it <laughs> not a lot though no nah. <laughs> but i mean yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't pay to go see it in the theater but if it was on television and i found it one night i wouldn't be upset yeah well apparently like lots of people want to see it and i guess it's probably because they think it's related to marvel studios i guarantee you that I is guess. why <laughs> yeah they're sure that's the first thing you saw it's like in association with marvel or not really marvel yeah <laughs> i'm sure somewhere uh phage fag i know people always get upset when i pronounce it i bet like in their war room they're like okay this is the take it made we really need to try harder to educate fans being like this marvel good this marvel bad <laughs> there's two marvels a real one and a fake one don't go to the knockoff one <laughs> you won't like the knockoff one because again I talk to people, they don't know the difference. They know no, the difference no. between a DC and a Marvel, but they don't know the difference between Marvel and Marvel's other studios. Yeah, yeah. they Yeah, people think they're going to see Spider-Man appear in this film <laughs> or, like, Venom's going to be in the next Spider-Man film or something, but it's not the case. And you got to tell them. you got to educate people. Yeah. Be that person in your community. Be sure to educate people. <laughs> Start your own seminars today to get people... Yo, Matt, we should do that. We should go to, like, different schools all over the world. Like, you know how they would have, like, Mothers Against Drunk Driving? <laughs> we should have, like, Fans Against Sony Movies. <laughs> yeah, know the difference. It could save you your life. It could save <laughs> your life. You see little Billy Hopkins here? He was a nice guy, loving life, you know, having a great time. Him and his friends, they thought they'd screw around. They'd go see Venom at the theaters. Here's them afterwards, and they're scraping them out of their seats. <laughs> you thought it was no big deal well guess what it is a big deal be smart make better choices or don't whatever we don't care i mean it's our job to see them regardless so we don't give a fuck and i'm not here to judge you i'm the last person to judge you i wish i could judge people that's where i want to be in my career one day where i can start judging people but i'm sick i don't know 
Is that it, Nat? Is that the show for this week? Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't want to talk about Venom anymore. <laughs> There's nothing more to talk about. <laughs> and I'm sure we won't have to talk about it again until the next one. Yeah, or until people tell us to do a commentary on it. Oh, well, at least it's short. It's only like an hour and a half. It's uh, literally only about as long as one of our episodes. <laughs> yeah, about this episode. <laughs> So don't, I mean, don't, don't discount that, Matt. We yeah. might just do that. But we have more time. content than, than the Venom film. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have a through line and we have themes and we have character growth, we like to think. <laughs> Joel was sick in this episode. That was an interesting choice. <laughs> but yes, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back again next week. Uh, same time, same place. As always, uh, you can go to SoundCloud the day after the show airs on YouTube on Thursday if you want to download it. Everyone else gets it. Uh, if you're a patron, you'll get it first as soon as we're done here. Uh, I wanted to send a special thank you to DNGN, who is our newest patron. And because he's a patron, he will be getting the episode first, right when we're done here, right when we're done recording, both an audio version from me and a video version from Matt. Awesome. It's a really good deal as well. You get to see us all before mm. everyone else and comment on it before everyone else. Absolutely. I always make a point of checking that one there and doing stuff over there. So, yes, uh, that'll be the show, everyone. Thank you so much for watching, and we will be back again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.